Thank you for joining me for Soulful Conversations with my community of fellow travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. These conversations highlight what travel really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. Each week, I'll be speaking to women who are tourism professionals, world travelers, and leaders in their communities. We'll explore how travel has changed them and how that has rippled out and inspired them to change the world. These conversations are as much about travel as they are about passion and living life with purpose, chasing dreams, building businesses, and having the desire to make the world a better place. This is a community of people who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness, and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. I'm Christine weinbrenner Eirich, and this is The Soul of Travel. Sophia Heider-Hawk is the Chief Diversity Officer for Destinations International. Prior to joining Destinations International, Sophia was the founder and CEO of Papilia, an organization dedicated to developing tailored equity, diversity, and inclusion strategies for the travel industry to attract new audiences while respecting cultural heritage and diverse perspectives. Sophia is also on the board of the Center for Responsible Tourism, also known as CREST, and has written for numerous travel publications about diverse representation, family travel, and wellness. Her love for travel started at the age of 10 when she moved from California to Sri Lanka. Since then, Sophia has been to over 40 countries and plans to inspire her toddler to be a citizen of the world through mindful travel and learning about his Bengali-American heritage. You'll soon understand my deep appreciation of my connection with Sophia as we explore topics like how to be more mindful when we travel and in our daily practices, how we can be more intentional and connect in a more meaningful way when we travel, and how DEI and sustainability intersect in the space of travel. This conversation winds its way through so many things that she and I are deeply passionate about. I know you'll walk away feeling inspired and hopefully with a few new strategies to be more mindful in travel and in life. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Sophia Heider-Hawk. Welcome to Soul of Travel. I am so beyond excited to be sitting down with Sophia Heider-Hawk today to talk about mindfulness in travel and talk about um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and just kind of making travel a richer place in general. So thank you so much, Sophia, for being here today. I'm really excited, Christine. It's been a long time coming, so I know we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, thank you so much. As my listeners know, I often... I'm big fans of the humans that I get to connect with on this program, and you're definitely one of those. So I'm so excited to share this space, and I'm thankful for the way that the universe keeps bringing just these amazing people for me to speak to. And um, so just full of gratitude for for this space today. 
Um, as we begin the conversation, I'd love to give you a moment to introduce yourself and to talk a little bit about who you are in the space of travel right now and what that looks like. That's a, that's a great, great moment for me to introduce a lot of things, I suppose. So everyone, I'm, I'm so excited again to be on, on your podcast, Christine. So my name is Sophia Heiderhawk, and I am the Chief Diversity Officer for Destinations International. Previous to this, uh, I owned my own business called Papilia, and I was designing, facilitating, and creating DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion strategies, trainings, and workshops, coaching services specifically for the travel industry. I have to say, I'm also a yoga instructor. That's really important to me. Um, and so what's really important to me is to always include mindfulness and wellness principles into every project that I have. Thank you for including that, because I think that is so important in just how I have seen you show up in travel is that there's always just this extra component that I feel like really brings in this connection and love and respect of humanity and of self. And I think it just makes it so much more valuable um, to add that. And I also became a yoga instructor. I have, I don't instruct often, but I went through the process and it was really for me more about understanding all of the pieces beyond like the physical practice of yoga, but very much that mental and spiritual practice and that deep connection that it allows you to see and feel. And so um, I think that's really important, especially in this place in travel and in this place in time in the history of travel, I think to have that background as well. Absolutely. It's taking me, it's taken me through in professional and personal life, to be quite honest. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's, it's just something. And I don't, for those of you listening who maybe haven't had that experience, I just cannot speak highly enough of exploring like the yoga way of living um, in terms of just being able to just wrap your mind around so many things. And like you said, to get through what we've been facing in the last you know, two and a half, three years, I actually started my yoga training, like right in the pandemic and did virtual yoga, which I thought would be insane. But I go back to that practice constantly to just like find myself realize like it's going to be okay. And so yeah, I love that that is a, a commonality that we have. I would like to give you time to just to get a little bit more of an understanding of who you are to share with us um, a little bit about how travel became a part of your life, which was really as a young child, and um, kind of having that understanding of being a global citizen. And so I'd love for you, Sophia, to just um, share with us um, and let us get to know you a little bit more. Oh, thanks. Thanks for the space, Christine. So I will take it back to when I was a kid. Um, I am first generation Bengali and American, uh, Bengali and Indian, and I was born in Indiana. So um, that's, that's you know, a whole other story in itself. But um, I'm the youngest of six, three boys, three girls. And I, when I was a kid, we we moved around quite a bit, Indiana to Idaho to California is where we put down some roots. Um, we then moved, if we're talking, we're moved from California to the East Coast, but 
in between that time, between a West Coast and East Coast move, um, when I was 10, we moved to Sri Lanka, uh, 10 to 12. And those were the most formative years, I have to say, um, of of my life in many ways. Um, I remember them so clearly because, you know, moving from California to Sri Lanka is a big move um, from every standpoint, culturally, lifestyle. And it's something that you can't really prepare your kids for. You can just experience it. So when I was there, you know, the, the civil war was still happening, was still taking place. And there were times when I couldn't go to school because of, you know, there, there were suicide bombings that were taking place for security reasons. So I used to go to work with my dad and my dad um, used to do international development work. And I would just sit in his meetings and I'm grateful that I was allowed to do that, you know, at, at such a young age, but I just observed um, his mannerisms and, and the interactions that he would have. And um, I was, I was just fascinated by them. And when we came back to the United States, back to California, it was this, you know, kind of this reverse culture shock I had. I didn't really know how to integrate back into um, a, a lifestyle that I was used to, uh, that I grew up in. And I, I wasn't sure how to reconcile, you know, what I experienced. And I took that with me. We moved to um, the East Coast. We moved to Washington, D.C. And I, you know, my first internship was working on Capitol Hill. And then after that, I wanted to explore um, international development work because I found myself inspired by it. And I did that for 15 or so plus years. I was working in a variety of different sectors, um, economic development, conflict mitigation, um, gender empowerment, uh, working on agriculture and land farming rights. And it's something that always stays with me because I remember both of my parents used to say this. They said, they told me, Sophia, you know, what's really important is one, that you listen, you're a humble listener and you listen to people. And the second is that um, don't ever think that you are better than someone. And so you treat everyone equally. And it's, especially in international development, it's really important because you can come, you can go to a place and think that you're somehow better than someone and you know what they need, but you don't know what they need. And so that has taken me through to the work that I continue to do today. Segwayed into travel about in 2015, because I wanted to create more impact. And my work in diversity, equity, inclusion uh, continued, but it was sparked by an app that I pitched, an idea for an app that I pitched when I lived in the Raleigh-Durham area. I was going to Argentina for a friend of mine's wedding, and I was looking for an app that could provide me with cultural etiquette advice, um, how to pack in an efficient way, but also culturally appropriate and shopping advice. There wasn't an app for it. Uh, so I pitched the idea and it ended up winning crowd favorite. And um, I had people, business and leisure travelers that came up to me and were like, you know, I, I could really use something like this because when I travel to places, I feel like sometimes I either feel uncomfortable or communication is lost and I, I want to feel comfortable. And I had my pause and reflect moment and I thought, Am I, do I want to create an app or do I want to create something that is truly sustainable, that can truly create um, impact? And I, you know, thought about all the things that I love and I'm interested in. And I thought, you know, I love people. I love design and facilitation. I love policy. 
that's my background. And I then thought, you know, based on experiences that I, I've had traveling, um, I really wanted to explore the travel industry because I, I saw, I thought it was fascinating that in the space of travel, um, in the hospitality industry, we're meant to be hospitable, but we're not because we're humans. And how can we foster greater connections with people in a really genuine way? So that is what, that's how, you know, my, that's how Papilia emerged. Um, And then this recent um, new role that I've taken on is a perfect alignment with the work that I have been doing. And this position, you know, came to my attention and I didn't feel like I was losing out on anything because it perfectly aligned with my work and I could just create greater impact. And that's what it's always been about for me, being able to sustain passion and impact. Thank you so much for sharing that. There's just so many points in your story that I'm just like, it just makes so much sense that this is who you are and how you express yourself in your career. And um, like, I just am, I'm imagining you moving to Idaho and what that experience must have been like. And then, you know, to California. And then, like you said, going to Sri Lanka. And it's just, I just kind of envision this young Sophia, like being like, Hey, what about, you know, me in this space? And then like, that became like, Hey, what about all of us in this space? Um, And so I just love that so much. Like I can just see the ignited. And, and I think, like you said too, mentioning, you know, having this app and have like starting to see success and momentum, um, and then having this moment of pause. I feel like that is a huge thing to draw attention to because I think a lot of times in our career, especially as entrepreneurs, or you know, just when you transition from one space to another, like you have these opportunities, and to be able to sit with some clarity and reflect and say, hey, like this is almost it, but this this isn't quite it. And to have the ability to like widen that out and say, this is what I really want out of my experience um, and out of my career. And then to like slightly redirect. um, I feel like that's so powerful. And I love that you were able to do that. And I'm hoping that that gives um, a little like glimmer of what that could be like for people that are listening, because I think that's hard to do. And I don't know if you want to share anything more about that process, but I think that's really valuable. It was hard. It was really hard, Christine. So I always reflect honestly on my journey from even doing international development work to segueing into an industry that I um, wasn't even familiar with, but I knew um, I could draw upon my skill sets too. And it wasn't easy because Diversity, equity, and inclusion work wasn't a really well-known um, phrase or it wasn't something that was known in this industry. And um, it had been an uphill battle for me to help people in the industry understand why it's important, why connection is important, um, and how it matters for the industry. And so I feel like I've always been, you know, really creating trying to create dialogue and try to connect with people and to recognize that this could be a new topic and and it's okay. So it's really interesting because it has been that uphill battle, but I just, it was always something in me that was like, you know, you continue to do this. There is purpose. 
There is a reason for it. Just keep being who you are and keep listening. Don't judge, right? Yoga is a part of that. Try not to judge and really just be yourself. And that has been, you know, through through thick and thin, that has been the message that I keep telling myself as I progressed in in my journey. It has it has being an entrepreneur is hard. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. Um and so it's it's been it's been difficult. Um I've also had, you know, some really major milestones to remind me of how precious life is and how important purpose is. Um, you know, I've I've been in two really bad car accidents where I almost thought I was gonna die. I had an 18-wheeler come at me and I survived, and that's not to be taken lightly. Another pretty epic car accident. And I'm a good driver, but and they weren't my fault. So I've got to say that. But um, you know, those those moments really help you check in and evaluate your life. Am I doing what I need to be doing? Both my parents have passed and they were, I'm going to cry, but they were everything to me. I really, I was really close to them. And I I take that message um, that they've given me all their messages with me. So just to think about the, the sacrifices they made, not being from this country to give me and my siblings the education and the ability to be who I am today. I don't take that lightly. Yeah. Mm. I wish we were not virtual right now. Um, okay. Sending you so much love. But I I really, uh, what I love most about you sharing that, and thank you for doing so, is that having had the, the pleasure of being in your presence when you're leading circles or leading meditations or a workshop, like you can feel that when you are creating space. And so I think that's so important. And so I really appreciate that you shared that with us. And the other thing that I was thinking about when you were speaking is, you know, it's hard when things are a continuous uphill battle to keep pushing. And it's, you just like, what if I just stepped over there? <laughs> that looks way better. And like, sometimes it would be way easier. But I think one of the things that I've seen through these conversations is that when people, when the women I've been speaking to find that purpose, like you mentioned, and they, they stay connected to it, the way they create in the world has so much more impact. It's just more powerful. It's coming from like this place of self and it's not coming from a checklist or like the thing I know I can do or the thing that feels easier that maybe you don't love that, that deep like soul connection comes out and then whoever you're sending your work to receives that. And this is definitely coming back to this yoga mindset, but it just feels better to work with someone who believes that much about the work they're doing, whether that work is, you know, dentistry or being an attorney or being a baker or the work that you're doing when someone just deeply loves what they're doing, you feel it. And so I, always hope that people listening, if they have that feeling, or if they are maybe in that moment of the uphill battle and listening to just know that it's worth it. And not just for you, but I feel like that ripple is immeasurable when you stay in alignment with the thing that you're supposed to be doing that fills you up. I completely agree with you. And I would add one thing that has also been something that I made sure 
um, it must have happened over the pandemic, even before, that I would not compare myself to someone else. And that's the other piece is, um, you know, feeling like someone else is doing something better than you are, or um, that the grass is always greener. You never know what's going on with somebody else. So never assume. But I always, you know, I made that point to say, I'm not going to compare myself to someone because I'm not them. I am going to do what I think is best for me. And if someone else is doing something that's like what I'm doing, I'm going to just send them gratitude. I'm going to say, great job. And not think ill will of them because, you know, why? And that genuineness, honestly, has made sure that I connect in a clearer way with people. And it helps to help me be in in that present moment. So that's another thing that I'd like to add on to what you've said. Hi, it's Christine, interrupting this episode for just a moment to make sure you know you still have time to join our 2022 Lotus Book Sojourn. This is a unique journey exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe through the pages of nine specially selected books written by inspiring female authors. Your journey includes two guided virtual discussions each month with a community of like-hearted women, as well as weekly journaling prompts and reflection, and an assigned travel companion for each book in the journey. Last year, women said this was one of the most surprising and impactful experiences they had. Join us for rich discussion, meaningful connection, and an opportunity for exploration from the comfort of your home or wherever you might be in 2022. Your next opportunity to join us is in April for a three or six month experience. Visit the website at lotussojourns.com backslash book sojourn to join today. Now back to our soulful conversation. Yeah. And I think that is both that and coming from a space of non-judgment and non-comparison in the work that you're doing specifically is so powerful because you're going to be guiding people through conversations where they need both of those tools in order to be successful. And I think all the time too, with, with not comparing to others, you know, when I started this podcast, I'm like, what, you know, originally I'm like, who am I to do this? I don't even know really what a podcast is. I've only ever listened to a few. I just knew that I wanted to talk to people and that seemed like a place where people did it. Right. And then I would look and be like, oh my gosh, they have like 9 million followers and 5 zillion downloads. I can't do this. And then I was like, you know what? I'm really actually not doing it for that. So just quit worrying about those things that are irrelevant, but that's, you know, that's our our human brain wants to like figure out how we can compare ourselves to others and then just keep going. And it's like, every once in a while I will look and I'm like, you know, cause as a entrepreneur, you also set goals, right? So there's this balance of like setting a goal and then like your ego gets a little attached to that goal. And then you're back to like, but it doesn't matter. And it's a very tricky line. Um, I've spent a lot of time in that space over the last year for sure. But I do know, like you said, like, because I just keep creating from this space of love and for it being about my guests and whoever hears their story and how that impacts them and shifts what they do in the world and how that impacts the next person that they can come into connection with. Like, 
for me, that's what it's about. So I'm like, okay, just come back to that's what matters <laughs> and then move forward. But it can definitely be hard as an entrepreneur to stay operating from that space because we need to make money. We need to meet goals. We need to like have transparent statements of how we're doing X, Y, Z. And that is, feels very counterintuitive to this process. I don't know if you've definitely landed in that space, but. Well, and you also have to know who your competition is, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the other piece of, of that and that mental space that we can get into. And, you know, as you were talking, you know, I guess this is the, the, the DEI brain I have, but there's the bias that comes up of, of that, that there that's unconscious, um, you know, the competitors and, you know, really you know, sizing people up because that's how our brains operate. Right? We operate out of fear. Um, and that is one thing, you know, I try to always do, as I say, you talk about unconscious biases, really bring attention to the fact that I'm human, I will have them. But how can I make sure that I make these biases aware? And that's just a constant um, a constant reminder when it comes to really setting pure intention. Yeah. And I think the other thing about that is that it's so uncomfortable. So you recognize this bias and you're like, well, now what do I do with it? Most of us are like, you know, like, I don't really want to look that in the eye. And um, I think, again, we've seen a lot of growth in the past two years of people being like, okay, it's time to like, we got it. We've got to do this. It has to be uncomfortable. It's time to look at these things have these conversations and understand that we're all a part of this and there's not a way out without like going through it. And it's been definitely, I think, uh, challenging, but also so amazing to see the growth and the conversations that have come out of this space. So um, I guess it would be a really good time to step more fully into the work that you're doing and what the intersection between DEI and travel and sustainable travel and kind of how do all of these pieces come together to make travel a better space for both travelers, but also for the destinations that we interact with? And um, how does that unfold? Do you, how do you see those things connected? They're all connected. That is a loaded question. It is. We, <laughs> we have <laughs> part that two will be <laughs> that we'll have to unpack. Um, so I know that, you know, travel is, can be a lot of things. Um, and sometimes, and I, I want to address that too, because, you know, we talk about travel being a way to explore and learn about other cultures, which is very true. Um, I also want to acknowledge that there is, um, you know, if we're thinking about it through that truly that global DEI lens, there's, uh, there's obviously business travel. Um, there's also travel that has to take place that's like migratory patterns. There are people that don't have access to water that have to travel to, you know, get water and basic needs. So there are so many different forms of travel. And I think that it's really important first to understand that sometimes people have to travel out of necessity and it's not just leisure. So if you're going to a place where it's a necessity, that's a part of empathy too, and understanding that there, there's privilege, of course, but there are different means of travel. Um, I think the other part that really just you know comes comes up in my mind is the 
the um, thought that when you're traveling, it has to be this big to do of you have to go internationally or you have to get on a plane. But travel can be going to the county next door to you and exploring that. It can feel, it can be accessible. It doesn't have to be that costly, but the intentions are really important. And so I wanted to make sure that that lens, I brought that lens to just my own attention. Sometimes it's good to just say it out loud. Thank you. I think sustainable travel, um, you know, sustainability means so many things to so many people, that definition. But to me, sustainable travel is really thinking about short and long-term outcomes of community what do we want, um, you know, in from a community standpoint, what do we want community to look and feel like now and for kids, if we choose to have kids and for the future? That is sustainable travel, really thinking about um, longevity and cultivating, you know, cleaner air and a greater earth and thinking about waste, thinking about people and the value of cultures within a community? How do we sustain those voices and those cultures and that representation? So sustainability to me is that within the community, really thinking about community growth and a community-centric approach. And then it's also, you know, if visitors are coming into a place, it is being able to, in this ideal world, you know, for DEI, being able to understand that there are different people of different backgrounds, abilities, perspectives that are coming to a place and they're learning. They want to learn, hopefully, about your community. So how do you connect? How do you understand that there will be differences, but how can you find connections of purpose and understanding how different people live and and operate? How do you welcome? How do you create that welcoming space? But to me, that's sustainability, like sustainable travel. What does a welcoming environment look and feel like? And how can we cultivate that for ourselves and then for visitors too? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm already wishing that, like you said, we had so much more time just to like go through the nuances of all of this because just starting with how you're defining travel is huge because you know, I, I jump into every conversation with how I define travel, right. And how I travel personally. And I often forget that there's this type of travel or this type of travel. Cause it's not in my live. That's not how I live in travel and it's not who I'm usually connecting to. And so I love just starting there being like, what, what is travel? Travel is all these things. And then if you're going to be addressing how travel is is operating more sustainably and you're looking at it through all of these places because we can't just address sustainability and adventure travel or educational travel or mindful travel because we're leaving like a huge portion of how and why people travel out of the conversation. Um, And I think for those of us who are in that pocket, like I am, uh, that is our wish, like we want that to move into all of these other spaces of conversation in travel. Um, but I think the awareness that we're thinking about it only from what we know about it is huge. And I think that goes much like you're saying, when you travel somewhere and you sit down in community with someone, 
you're sitting down with them with your lens and your experiences and which is fair. Like we can't expect people not to have that, but then how do you connect more deeply? How do you bring that awareness? Like you said, how do you start to create those deeper connections? And I think part of why I think travel is so magical is because I think it does invite, it invites that more naturally than if you are, you know, commuting on the subway or something like you might happen to have a meaningful conversation with someone, but you're tending to be more superficial and you're not as open. But when you're sitting with someone in their home and or in their their space in a place you're not familiar with, I feel like we're braver to ask some of those questions or the way that someone wants to share themselves with us as as someone who is an outsider to them. Like it just kind of creates more space for that if people want to engage and connect more fully and in a way that you think brings more richness to that experience, what does that look like for you? Or how would you encourage them to connect? That's a great question. Um, I think, you know, as you were speaking, I was, I was really listening to what you're saying and I was thinking about the experiences of travel that I've had and that one that it's not humanly possible for us to know everything about everyone, right? Or every perspective. It's just not. We know what we experience. And I remember, you know, tr- for me, traveling in my 20s solo for work is very different than my lens now as, you know, as a mom who also thinks that's a very different lens and travel traveling with a kid is very different than traveling solo. And so I would say for this place in my life, and this could apply to anyone really thinking about their tra- travel journey so far and the different lenses that and perspectives they've had throughout their lives whether you're 16 whether you're 25 you know you've you've had it whether you're 40 60 whatever that is you've had different aspects and milestones in your life that affect your perspective and how you travel and so I use this framework. I've done this before in some workshops that I've held called People, Place, and Purpose. And it is first reflecting upon yourself, reflecting upon the people that are important in your life. Um, Just thinking about that connection, those connections that are really rich, maybe those that may have fallen off and, you know, just reflecting upon that again, without that judgment. Places. Places that are most important to you, um, you know, home base, um, it could be memories, it could be whatever that is for you. Um, and then purpose, purpose, your purpose in life. Um, and it doesn't have to be so grandiose. It could be, I don't know what it is yet. What is my purpose? You know, it could be questioning that and reflecting on those things for you. And when you travel to a place, being curious and Asking open-ended questions of curiosity, keeping context, of course, in 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 place, but you know, getting to know people through, um, you know, what people through understanding their perspectives on who they like to surround themselves with, what inspires them, what places inspire them, what gives them, what makes them smile throughout their day. That's a little aspect of purpose, right? So, being creative about first understanding who you are. And then trying to connect and learn about different people by asking them questions that you can connect with because they're, they're meaningful and they go, they transcend 
you know, they can transcend a background because you're learning about someone else's perspective. Um, and I have created such genuine connections with people um, ar- around the world because I genuinely you know, want, respect them, but I want to understand and connect with them. I mean, I think that takes practice, right? Again, going back to the subway conversation, I think a lot of us are really used to surface level, quick conversations, like kind of non-connecting, connecting, like we just kind of have these passings. So practicing um, and then, and, you know, maybe not practicing with the person on the subway, but with your family or, you know, colleagues or, um, and getting used to asking those questions and receiving the answers, because sometimes we're just as uncomfortable with receiving someone's story as we are like sharing our own. I feel like there's something about how much we protect our ourselves in that way. Um, but then all of a sudden, I feel like once you have that like muscle developed, you can have these really meaningful conversations. And I was just in Belize and I, I was noticing those conversations happening in a way that they hadn't happened before, but like people telling me about like what their childhood was like and um, what they wish for their children and what they've achieved and what they're proud of. And I'm like, what? we're just sitting here. I don't know you. And I'm having this incredible conversation and learning so much about them and their culture and what it would be like to live there. And all of a sudden, like, you have, I have walked away with this very powerful experience, you know, and that I don't think that would have happened five years ago when I traveled, because I would just be nervous to even start a conversation. I'm not sure, you know, am I safe? Is that appropriate? How do I connect? Like, all of these were skills I didn't have. So I think maybe prefacing some of this with it, like you said, it's okay, if you don't, you don't know, like, it, it isn't something I think that comes by most people naturally. But I think, even I think of myself like at networking events because I'm a horrible networker because I don't really like to talk about things that don't really, really matter. Like I, I'm like, I want this conversation that we're having straight off the bat. <laughs> it doesn't work for most people. So I have to like write down a question of, you know, like, you know, what, 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 what do you like? What makes you happy? Um, a question you had shared with me, like, what is your daily life like? Like, have some of those stage questions because you might not be able to do it right off the bat. And and that's okay. Like, just know that. And then just see, like, what happens. And I think when you start engaging that way, you're going to just be, well, you'll be like me. It'll be a problem. You'll be addicted to connecting to people in a real deep and meaningful way. <laughs> you know, another question that I like to ask is, um, you know, how long have you lived here for? Mm-hmm. Because you're not assuming that the person's from that place. You just, you know, want to hear a story. And there could be a magnificent story about where that person, they could have been there their whole lives. And maybe they just came here last year. You never know. And that's also another, like a non, non-judgmental, open-ended question to ask as well. Yeah. And I think as travelers, if you're engaging with someone who is, you know, working with you as a guide or, you know, the concierge at a hotel or something like that, asking how long have they worked in travel or, you know, how long have you worked as a guide? Because that was one of the things that led to this huge conversation about farming and, you know, the Mayan tradition and language, like all of these things by simply just saying like, have you been doing this work long? And so, yeah, I love that so much. 
I feel like that is a really powerful way to start engaging. Another thing that I wanted to talk about is then when we have these kind of experiences, how do we start to integrate that and bring it back into our own lives? And you mentioned this um, when you were younger and when you came from Sri Lanka back to the U.S., like that process of integration was pretty, it took a long time to kind of even bring that into your life. How do we, when we have these experiences, when we travel, we don't want to let them go. We want them to be a part of who we are moving forward. Like we've taken the time for travel to allow us to understand ourselves and to understand another part of the world. But I think it's easy to just like let that slip. I think there, I mean, there's so many ways to answer that question. I think um, when, when I was, when I was younger and I came back from Sri Lanka, I was, I was, I took some time to really think about my life and how profoundly grateful I was to have electricity that didn't, um, you know, go off during the middle of the day or um, thinking about the road, just thinking about basic infrastructure. We just don't take time to think about and to be grateful for and so I, I had to think about my life then uh, when I was in Sri Lanka and, you know, what just what it was like. And then I thought about my life, you know, in the United States and I had to think about you know, what I was grateful for. But I also had to ask myself, how do I want what I just experienced to um, to change me and how has it changed me? Um, I think oftentimes I feel like when we travel, it we're, we're going away um, because we want to just let go, let loose, and we come back sometimes, and it's like, oh, I'm back to the daily grind. And I just don't feel like it, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, I love being able to go to a place and then um, really think about what what it was about that place or the people I spoke with that I can integrate back into my life. So asking that question um, and learning about someone's routine, you know, maybe they um, don't take life so seriously. Maybe that's the takeaway. Hmm. When I come back home, is there something that I can do that reminds me of how this person lives that I can be inspired by and to, to integrate? Or maybe there was something that I did on the trip that helped me, you know, not be as stressed out. What could, can I take that mentality and integrate that back into my daily life? It can be done, but the human brain always says, no, it can't be done. It can't be done, right? We separate. But if we ask ourselves those questions and we acknowledge them and we take the time, even on the plane, to reflect and to write it down, I'm a big person that likes to write things down and to pay attention and to create the intention of I am going to live a more carefully lifestyle or I am grateful that this person taught me this. I am going to incorporate X into my routine. It'll happen. It's just our intentions too. And I, I also think, thank you for sharing those ideas. And I think what I love about them is they seem accessible. And I think sometimes when we start having conversations around like the transformational power of travel or being more mindful or present, integrating, like probably much like when you talk about DEI, like all these words are words that people are like, I don't know what you're 
talking about. A lot of people are, I don't know how to do that. That seems scary. That's intimidating. But like you said, just writing down like what's an awareness I had, what's a contrast. I think it's really easy to contrast, but like you said, not with judgment, just like awareness. And then be like, I am grateful for great. Like that has already shifted more inside yourself than you can even understand. Like we don't have to be the ones like creating this huge change. Like we don't have to be the one in charge of it. It is already happening. Like it happened because of the experience, regardless of you acknowledging it or not. But then when you add that awareness and that acknowledgement, it's just like it's in there a little deeper. And then if you think about it some more, and like you said, you write about it, maybe you come back to it three months from now and be like, what was that? What was that way I felt? I've lost it. And then you're like, oh, that was that. So then like goes in a little bit further. I, I love that it's something that people can do easily to create such a larger impact from a travel experience. Absolutely. And even, you know, honestly, if you just need a moment to take a break from whatever it is you're doing, you can close your eyes and visualize that place mm-hmm. and just get that feeling. Like you said, get that feeling back. And it may sound kind of ridiculous to some, but if you try it, see what happens. And, and those are ways to definitely incorporate those experiences and those moments into your daily life. It's totally doable. Yeah. And I think when you really hang on to the energy and the the emotion and the feeling of an experience, because that is something our bodies and our minds remember more fully anyway, um, it can stay with us longer and we can share that with someone else. Like I had two phone calls yesterday with women that they were, they were kind of sharing these ways that travel made us feel. And like we could immediately connect to one another because we had felt that. Like it didn't really matter the destination or you know, anything like that. It was this feeling and then expressing that to someone else. I can share how I felt so much more deeply with someone than like, oh, the hotel was beautiful. The food was delicious. Like, but this deeper, like just feeling is so much more transcendent and I think powerful. And I love trying to share that with others. And, and again, also in creating travel experiences, like I'm trying to create those moments where they can harness that feeling. Like there's just these magic moments. And when you, when you feel it, it's something that is so connective. Like, yeah, I'm going on a tangent. Of well, it's true. Cause I'm saying <laughs> completely, I think that's another, you know, interesting question to ask people about, you know, was there, what, what moment in travel um, just really transformed your your life or you remember so well because it, it is transformative. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's so much more that I want to speak about, but we're going to go over our limit if I ask any other big questions. <laughs> um, is there anything, Sophia, that you want to leave us with or encourage listeners if they're curious about either mindfulness, if they're curious about how to um, learn more about diversity, equity, inclusion, and travel, like what are resources or any last like wisdom you want to share with us? So many resources. Well, I would love it if honestly, if uh, people are interested in learning about the uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion work that I'm working on um, with Destination International, they actually have a lot of really good reports on um, a roadmap and understanding 
the, you know, they've done, they've started to do their EDI work in 2017. And so they've had these reports on the importance of diversity in travel. And so if they're, if people are new and just curious about what this is, I think there are already some really great resources um, and we're only going to be coming out with more that are data driven. And the the strategic roadmap, I have it like with me, is is just it's really well done, especially with a policy mind that I have. It's very clear. So that's one. The other organization that I, I love is um, Crest, Center for Responsible Travel. And Crest does a lot of fantastic work in responsible travel. But again, really thinking about the importance of sustainable travel. What does that mean? And and how to be engaged, how to engage communities. And there's some really good reports that they have. And um, just to learn more about, you know, what this is from a mindfulness standpoint, gosh, listen to your podcast. That's one. Um, and I think, you know, the other thing I'd like to leave people with is that, it, it doesn't have to be this big, you know, insurmountable thing. Mindfulness doesn't have to be. It can be done in increments. Every morning, I wake up and I take three intentional breaths for myself to start my day. It can be that simple. It can be another useful thing that I, I do to bring myself or to ground myself, give myself perspective, is to pay attention to my footsteps. And that brings me back to a place to look at my surroundings, or if you're sensory to be able to hold on to to something, if you're in a place like feeling things. So tune into your senses and it's very doable and use the the community is around you. So just be your authentic and genuine self Mm. the best way you can. And people will support that. Thank you. I uh, I totally do the, the feet all the time. Like I am a person who is up here most of the time and I'm like, well, I need to get like back in my body. I need to get back, like focused, like get out of your head, girl. And like wiggle my toes. I just wiggle my toes and it's just seems too simple. Right. But I'm like, okay, there we are. But all the time or walking, paying attention to your feet, the three breaths is amazing. If anybody listening, when you're done, if you just took three breaths, it's so crazy how much that can change how you feel. Um, I do that with my three daughters all the time. They're like, they all even be like, they come to me and they, they call it a heart hug and I hold them and we just do three breaths together. And like I 99% of the time, whatever else is happening is just fine. After that, like the power of three breaths and your feet, it seems crazy, but it will like, change people's lives. Mm -hmm. It really will. And um, the other one, like you said, senses when I was traveling, I often start thinking about like, Oh, what's a great shot for Instagram? Oh, this is a story I could write. Oh, this is really interesting. Oh, I don't want to forget this moment. Like I, again, like start getting so much in my head. And um, one of my guests um, mentioned that actually another one of the guests, they were traveling together and both doing that. And she's like, here's what I do. I stop and I say, what can I hear? What can I smell? Mm-hmm. What do I feel? And you're like, oh. you just, again, you like come so much into yourself. And then, and then the experience is so much richer because now you're noticing those things and you're like, wow, I didn't notice I could smell the like jungle around me right now. Or I didn't notice I could feel the moisture on my skin. And then 
it just creates something. And I think doing that in your daily life, which I'm very bad at, is also really powerful to just stop. And like you said, just ask your senses, what are they experiencing? And it just really changes your appreciation for what's happening around you and just like helps you to calm down and center. If you have that issue, I feel like I'm not alone in that. (laughs) I I have it. And I do with my son. I do with him too. That's exactly what I do. And we go out and we walk and I ask him all these questions and he'll, he'll tune in and it helps me tune in too. So it's, it's, we're human. This is, these are things, you know, that, that we, that we have to remind ourselves of doing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, Sophia, as we end our conversation, um, I just encourage listeners to check out the resources you mentioned. So glad you mentioned Crest. I had wanted to bring them into this conversation. So that'll just be a teaser that people need to learn more. But I have our seven um, rapid fire-ish questions to end our conversation. So we'll jump into those next here. Um, what is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or inspires you to adventure? Oh my goodness. I'm looking around. Um, (laughs) Beyond Guilt Trips is is a really good book that I use. We're reading that in my book sojourn next month and I cannot wait. (laughs) What is always in your suitcase when you travel? (laughs) Um, Always in my suitcase. Oh, this is hard. Um, You know what I bring? I bring um, aromatherapy thing, like a scented, I have it right here. I bring just like a little aromatherapy bottle with me. Yeah. That is good. Uh, What has been your favorite destination? Oh my goodness. These are hard. They are hard. (laughs) What takes me back? I have to say, you know, the first, a transformational moment I had was, um, was in Myanmar. Where do you still long to visit? Everywhere. Um, I love, gosh, these are so hard. I long to go back to Sri Lanka. I haven't been there since I was 10. Oh, I, it keeps calling me. So maybe we'll get to go together. That would be amazing. Uh, what do you eat that immediately connects you to a place you've been? Bengali food. My mom's cooking. Who is the person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world? My parents. Both. Um, yeah. And if you could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real, alive or past, who would it be? I would take uh, an adventure with my grandparents, the ones I have not met, so I could uh, experience life through their lens. Yeah, that would be amazing. Sophia, we knew we wouldn't have enough time, but we got it in there. So I appreciate so, so much you coming on and sharing. I feel like there's so much more. So maybe we'll have to have a part two. But thank you for being here today. Thank you for creating this space, Christine. Thank you for listening to The Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If you love this conversation, I encourage you to subscribe, rate the podcast, and share the episodes that inspire you with others. I am so proud of the way these conversations are bringing together people from around the world. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I am so happy you are here. 
You can find all the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourns community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can learn more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can see details about the transformational sojourns I guide for women, as well as my book Sojourn, which offers an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. I am all about community and would love to connect. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective. Or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or at Soul of Travel Podcast. Stay up to date by joining the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story. Your story.